Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, I'm going to be chatting with Mark from Amsoil, and I wanted to chat with him about engine coolant. I think it's something that can be overlooked in the maintenance schedules that we're doing on our trucks. And I wanted to know more about the different types that are out there. And when it comes time for servicing the coolant system, what Amsoil offers, how it's different, how it can be compatible with other types of coolant that are on the market. So I really look forward to chatting with them today. Before we get to it, I want to remind you that our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a discount code for you. You get 20% off site-wide. Just use code DIESEL20. They got a ton of different choices for a bunch of different knives and gear and really things to meet any budget out there. So if you're in the market, definitely check them out at kershaw.kiausa.com. Also, if you're listening on YouTube and you're not subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, turn on notifications, like and comment on the episode. Let us know how you liked it, if there's questions that you have, if you'd like us to have a particular guest or cover a topic. We love to hear from you guys, and we love when we can have these episodes reach people who are searching for these topics on YouTube, so it goes a long way to help us. All right, let's get to today's episode with Mark from Amsoil and talking about engine coolant. Mark, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I always enjoy our chats about Amsoil, maintenance, fluids, oil, filters, all the great conversations we've had before. So today I wanted to chat with you about coolant and how important that is and probably very often overlooked. So welcome back to the podcast. Look forward to this chat. Thanks. Good to be here. That is a, uh, that is a topic that um, not a lot of people sit around the table and chat about. They don't. Now that the oil side is different. That's a very passionate, spirited debate and there's lots of conversations with it but the, the reason i thought of this is um i've had kind of an influx of newer newer truck owners that have bought older trucks and one of the first things they ask they say hey i listen to the Deuce podcast you guys talk about maintenance um i know i need to change the fuel filter the oil oil filter some of them will even say transmission but i rarely hear coolant and so i wanted to ask you to kind of give us uh an overview of what what coolant does and what lack of maintenance can do to heads the engine thermostats just what you guys have seen you know through testing and experience why it's important to you know, service a cooling system right uh, that's it's kind of interesting that you say that that they're, they're right we hear the same thing so many people are interested in the engine oil side of it and lots of spirited debates on brands and viscosities and et cetera, et cetera. But the people quickly overlook the second life blood of that engine, coolant. The engine doesn't run without coolant, just like the engine can't run without oil. It needs both of them, but yet this country typically goes right to the oil side and quickly forgets the cooling side. And, you know, trucks 20 years ago, you know, we're not putting out 400, 450 horse from the factory diesel trucks that is um they didn't have transmission coolers and heaters they didn't have oil coolers and heaters on them so today's cooling system in a diesel pickup specifically um is it's doing many more jobs than it ever used to it's taking out heat from the engine 
way more heat than it was in the yesteryear's trucks. It's heating and cooling the tranny fluid, and it's heating and cooling the engine oil in exterior coolers. So there's a lot more taxation on today's cooling system than there ever was. And we want more and more and more power out of every vehicle that we drive, right? Which is, it's more heat that the engine has to manage. And that heat gets managed through the cooling system and through the oil that runs through the engine. That's a really good point. And I didn't, I didn't think about that beforehand, but with newer trucks and the emission systems and the heat that they need to generate for regeneration, it's completely different than a 7.3 or 5.9 common rail or an LB7 Duramax used to be but we're still using the same type of coolant or we're using coolant to handle that extra heat. And then the other things that you mentioned are, are really important. So where, as far as coolant's concerned, what happens or what is the challenge now by asking that fluid to handle these other responsibilities and you know, what kind of, what happens if you don't change it on time? What happens if you just forget it or, you know, you don't know the service history on a vehicle? What, what are some things that, that can take place? I think it's, it's probably good to start with the basics of, so that people have an understanding of what coolant really is. You know, there, there are three major components to a coolant. There's water. Water does a great job at heat transfer and, and removing heat from the engine. There's glycol. And the glycol is there to ensure that the water doesn't freeze when it gets in cold temperatures. And then you have some inhibitors. You have some chemistry that you would put into it that protects the system from um, problems, whether it's corrosion, scale, erosion, um, cavitation, uh, the list goes on. Um, so those are the three big components. Well, if you, if you run coolant too long in an engine, the water is unaffected by its service life. Glycol is very affected by service life. Um, too long uh, warm temperatures for too long a period of times, the glycol will break down. Uh, the glycol turns into glycolate, formate, oxalate. Those are all acids, and they will eat your system from the inside out. Now, the inhibitors that we put into this coolant are designed to protect from you know, the breakdown of glycol and they will to a point and then they won't. And then the acids in the system, the pH will drop to a point in which the engine will just start leaking because you're rotting it from the inside out. Is that so where... when people don't change their coolants, they're putting their, they're putting their engine, you know, and all their coolers at risk for, for these problems. That's what I was just thinking was going to ask is all the different components to an engine that would be affected by something like acid and erosion and, and different things like that. It, gosh, it could, it could wreak havoc on a system. How, how quickly, I know this is kind of a, probably a hard question to answer, but, um, you know, say somebody buys a 2005 Dodge Ram 2500, they have no service records. They can't see anything how long would it take to go past a normal interval change where you can start to see these negative effects? Like, is it then 500 miles? Is it 5,000 miles after that? Or is there any sort of data or testing to know how far past the service and service interval you can go before you start to see these issues? That is a 
huge depends answer. <laughs> now, uh, anyone that buys a used pickup, no matter how old it is, no matter how many miles are on it, the cheapest insurance they have is just drain every single fluid out of that truck and start over. Yeah. You know then where you're at. <clears throat> the to get to your question about how long it would take before or before coolants can break down and stop protecting. Well, it's formulation dependent. What type of coolant was in that engine? Was it was it an older coolant that had a bunch of inorganic salts that get consumed over time versus an organic acid coolant that passivates the surface that has a much longer service life? So there's there's some formulation pieces that are that can drive the difference in how long a coolant will last, and then the truck itself you know does the does the cap on the system build pressure anymore or does it leak um if it can't if it doesn't build as much pressure anymore it won't protect from the same level of temperature but it will also let oxygen in the air into the cooling system which then rapidly breaks down glycol and then to what temperature was that vehicle ran it you know was the was the, is the cooling system working uh, as the oem intended it to is it degrading over time is the system running hotter and hotter so i mean the there's a trio combination of formulation engine temperature and then the integrity of your cooling system whether it still builds pressure which drives how long your cooling will last in your engine i think the big takeaway i have from that is there's so many unknowns there's i just need to start over I need to start fresh, like you mentioned, and I know we've talked about it with engine oil, transmission fluid, gears before, but the coolant, it, it, to me, it's one of those things where you either do it because you had a head gasket failure and a shop's telling you, hey, we got a you know, service cooling system, um, or if you're being proactive or look at the owner's manual, which we've talked about before, and saying, you know, what mileage or time frame do I need to, to do this at, it's probably best to just be proactive with it. It, it is when you're buying something that's used that's that you have no history of, right? If you're the guy that bought the brand new truck and you have it's in your possession forever, then, you know, first fill from the factory, follow the manual. Um, or if you want to be more proactive and ensure that you're using the best fluid out there, you can get something like a coolant that we offer and then follow our recommendation on service life because our recommendation is based on history and years of service of this fluid and its capability to protect from the degradation and breakdown of glycol because of the inhibitors that we use in the system. Um, we take a little different approach to our coolants than others. Um, our, our coolants are well fortified with organic acids that provide long service life. So it means you're going to put it in your truck and you're not going to think about it for many years. Um, and it's a, and it's a worry that we take that burden so that you don't have to own it. Is that when it comes to the formulations, I mean, I think of a truck owners listening right now and they can, um, go a bunch of different places, look at a ton of different products in the marketplace. What will you find on some of the say lower cost? products versus the formulation you mentioned with that long-term protection so what's what's the trade-off um you know when people are trying to make a decision on which coolant they're they're going to get 
the trade-off in the coolant world is the, the inhibitor chemistry that you put in there to protect from, you know, your erosion, corrosion, cavitation, all of the things that we need to protect the inside of this engine because you're putting water at it, right? So if you use an, an older school technology, inorganic salt type coolant, well, those salts get consumed over time based on uh, what they're being exposed to. They have a finite life to them, which then means they require top treating of inhibitors in order to keep the system protected. Most people struggle with that because it requires testing. And then the testing can be difficult to understand. And then they either undertreat it or they overtreat it with this inhibitor chemistry, which in today's world might you might see it as an SCA, that's a supplemental coolant additive. The problem is, is if you imbalance the system, you can get additive dropout, which can cause gel, silica gelling and scaling in the system. Or if you don't have enough, you'll allow corrosion and erosion to happen inside the engine. So with an inorganic salt type chemistry, you need to make sure that your chemistry is at the right balance. It's a it's a step and people can do it, but it's more complicated. And the opportunity for you to screw it up and get it wrong and then cause problems in your system is a lot higher. I gotcha. On the flip side to that, if you go to um, a chemistry like we use, organic acids, there's no maintenance. There's no checking. You put it in your system, you follow our recommendation, and we'll protect you from the, the issues that your cooling system can have. So it, it takes all of the worry about whether I have the right chemistry for concentrations in there. Do I have to test it annually with these pH test strips? It takes all that away. It makes it much simpler for the consumers to just drain what they have, flush out that old stuff, put in some good organic acid chemistry and, and not worry about it. Put a line on the calendar five years from now, then revisit. I think that helps a lot of a lot of people because they want to do either the maintenance on their vehicle because they enjoy it, they like it, they like to be involved with it, or they're doing it because you know they're looking at the projects on their truck and saying, "Hey, I can save a little bit of money, or I don't have the time to drop it off and wait for it. I'm going to tackle this myself." And so I like the idea of I don't have to be sort of a chemist and figure out you know where things are at and, and use test strips and everything. I just want to drain it, you know, clean out as best I can, refill it, go, like you said, mark the, the date on the calendar five years from now, and I'm back on my way. Right. That's the other piece, too, that we probably should note is that, you know, when you, if you're going to do a service on your vehicle for coolant, you know, coolant can be hiding in a lot of places, right? Yeah. The easiest thing is there's a petcock on a radiator and you drain the radiator but the radiator doesn't drain all those other locations. The radiator may pull out 40%, maybe 50% of the total coolant volume in your vehicle. The engine holds a huge amount and it won't come out through the radiator um, if you just open the petcock on the radiator. You know, some trucks have tranny coolers, some trucks have oil coolers, and those coolers also won't drain by just pulling the petcock on the radiator. So if you 
if you're going to do a service on your cooling system, you can do this one of two ways effectively. One, you can go to a shop that has a flush machine that puts positive pressure on the system and forces all that fluid out and replaces it with new fluid. You know, it costs you money. You got to find a shop that has one of those. It's a little more complex. It's less DIY, um, but it is by far the most effective way to ensure that all that old fluid gets out um, because you don't want that in there. The DIY method is, you know, the solution to pollution is dilution, right? So if 40% of your radiator comes out every time you pull the petcock, you got you to gotta drain the radiator a few times in order to get a majority of that old fluid out of the system. So, I mean, which may be you're going to drain that radiator four times um, before you get the concentration down to maybe 10% or less of old fluid. So it takes more time. It's a little more uh, time consuming, but you can, you can nearly get there to the same performance as you would if you had a flush machine. It brings up a question I was just thinking of is <clears throat> when you don't know the service history on a vehicle, you don't know the formulation, you don't know what coolant, so, you know, the previous owners used. And then you say, okay, I'm going to go with this new one. Um, how does it mix or how can it mix with that kind of unknown formulation, unknown brand, if you don't get a hundred percent out? Compatibility and coolants is very important, especially when you're in the inorganic salt realm, because that when you upset the concentrations, you know, the concentration of one product is set uh, based on that marketer concentration of another product is set based on that marketer. Well, if those two are mixed together and that, and you get, for example, you know, too much silicate in your cooling system, that silicate will fall out and it'll turn into gel in the base of your uh, radiator and it'll start hampering your cooling system. So when you're in the, when you're in the inorganic salt realm, you know, making sure that compatibility is important or getting all that old fluid out is very important. When you get into the, um, organic acid realm, which is where I play in, compatibility is less of a concern. My fluid's compatible with everything out there. No worries. Um, would I prefer you to get most of all your other fluid out there so you get all of the benefits of my fluid to 100%? Yeah, sure. But I know that's difficult. Um, and I know that you know draining it a few times and flushing it out and putting our fluid in there you know, that's what a lot of people do. And we expect that. Um, and you and you can do that knowing the fact that our fluid is going to be compatible with what's left in your system. But the overall goal really is to try to get out as much of that old stuff as possible because, you know, glycolic starts breaking down, turns into acids. And when it does that, it continually breaks down over time and it rapidly depletes the inhibitors that we put in there. With you had mentioned AMSOIL being compatible with, um, I think organic acids is what you had mentioned, or, or that kind of formulation. Was there a time frame, you know, kind of in history where one was more common than the other? Like how much, how much would a truck owner or a, a diesel shop come across between the two different kinds? Um, is it time or is it just like 50 50? You d don't necessarily know what you're going to get in today's world. You can buy, if you go to an auto parts store, there's a plethora of coolant options for you. 
you're going to find old inorganic uh, um, salt chemistry. It's the cheapest bottle that's there. You're going to find organic acid chemistry. It's probably going to be the most expensive bottle there. And then you might find some products in between that say HOAT on them, H-O-A-T. It's a hybrid organic acid. So it's a combination of a bunch of organic acids and some additional inorganic salts as a belt and suspenders. Some of those can be middle road price point. Now, the industry at the OEM level started to adopt um, organic acids probably better than 10 years ago, but not full organic acids. Many of the OEMs, uh, you factory fill with hybrids. So they, they pick off a bunch of organic acids for specific reasons, and then they add in some very specific inorganics as a belt and suspenders for um, either additional aluminum protection, um, additional cavitation protection, or just to protect that um, aluminum radiator because it's brand new. Um, so they do that from a factory level. Um, so compatibility, um, if you've had a truck in the last 10 years, for sure, it has some, you know, has some organic acid chemistries in it. Um, if it's much older than that, that depends, you know, or if you bought a used truck, who knows what the guy put into it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the other question I was thinking of is how much, if at all, does the formulation vary whether you have, let's say, a, a 2017 Power Stroke, a 2003 5.9 Cummins, a 2006 6.0 Power Stroke, is, is the Amsoil product <clears throat> compatible with any of those engines? I'm sure it, I'm sure it is, but I know people are going to ask that like, okay, maybe I got two different trucks or um, maybe I've got a fleet and there's different types that are in there. How, how will this product accommodate the different brands and engines that I have? Right. So we design our fluids to be compatible with every truck. There isn't a, there isn't a metallic component that you'd find or elastomer um, or hose material in any vehicle out there that our fluid is not going to be compatible with. And that's, that's an important deal because it wasn't too long ago. Um, well, maybe, maybe early on organic acids, when they start come out, there is, there is a particular acid that is not compatible with some elastomers and hose materials and they were eating them from the inside. Um, people learned the hard way um, that that happened. And then the manufacturer of that particular coolant changed their fluid design so that it was not eating people's systems. <laughs> um, but we don't, we make sure that our fluid and all the components that we use are compatible with all the engines you're going to find all the metallics and elastomers, gaskets, and everything in that side, that engine, as well as the, the other fluid brands that can be out there that could be used. And we could be there um, as a replacement to the guy actually drains it. Or for some reason, the guy just needs to top up and our product is there and he throws in a gallon to the system because it's leaking. We need to make sure that our fluid isn't going to cause any problems. Um, or that our interaction with that, you know, doesn't cause any problems. So we do a lot of compatibility testing to ensure that our products isn't, aren't going to be the root cause to any problem. One of the reasons that I was thinking about this topic, well, there's two, 
one is from listeners that'll that'll message into the podcast, ask us to do an episode um, about some particular part of maintenance or um, you know servicing their truck. And you mentioned this on a previous podcast we did about going to the Amsoil website, selecting my year, my model, and you guys have so many different products for the truck. Like it's, I mean, we're talking about coolant now, but it's not just engine oil or coolant. There's so many things. And as a truck owner myself, I don't want to have to bounce around a bunch of different websites or go to a bunch of different stores and get my oil here, my coolant there, my differential service or uh, differential fluid at one place. Um, try to find the transmission fluid somewhere else. I like that I can go to one spot and, you know, if we're going to tackle a project on our own, you know, one weekend, I'd like to just have a big box show up with my oil, my filter, <laughs> my, you know, everything like this. So I love how you guys streamline the maintenance. And I'm sure the shops out there love it too, because they can stock all these different products. Truck rolls in, you can tackle two or three things at once. Right. Our lookup guide, we poured thousands of man hours into, you know, validating and making sure we make the right recommendation. And it has become a, a, a well utilized resource even at times for people that aren't buying amsoil they'll run to our website and get capacity information or they'll get you know viscosity information um but it's true i mean we're we're a fluids company right we we provide everything that your vehicle could need um to protect it um and then some we have some car care products too and some other things but our look guide is quite robust if you have any make model out there you're going to find from coolants to brake fluids tranny fluids diff fluids fuel additives you know um different engine oils filters air filters i mean you name it um we'll probably have it and it's all online clicking like you said everything shows up in a box delivered to your door it does it's pretty convenient yeah, that's that's what I, I really like about it. And I know the exact capacity and, and how much I would need to get. I just thought of a question. I know this is the diesel podcast talking about diesel trucks, but a lot of our listeners have other vehicles or, you know, their spouse does or they're looking for a commuter. And a topic had come up recently about EVs. <clears throat> and I wanted to ask you, I'm not even sure if these products are out or they're just in development. But when it comes to EVs, to my understanding, there are things like, um, you know, coolant transmission fluid that they're going to need is how, this might be speculation too at this point. I don't know, but how much do you think formulations or approach would change on something like that? That's not an internal combustion engine because those are going to need service too. Um, as they get more popular, get out there, get some more time, you know, on them. I was really curious about that. Right. EVs have, um, quite a bit different, requirements than today's internal combustion engine. Um, the transmission fluids that they have are very different. Uh, they have different requirements, much lower viscosity. A lot of times they have to be able to manage electrical flow because that fluid is also part of that system. Um, and then the cooling system that, that cools the batteries also is dramatically different than today's engine coolant. Um, so the products that we put in our internal combustion engines today are not the same products that we would put in an EV. And, and those things are products that we work on, uh, you know, to, to have those, those offerings in the near future. Um, 
you know, there's not a lot of those cars on the road right now. Um, and they don't require service, you know, in the first couple of years that they're on the road. So from the aftermarket perspective, we have some time in order to be able to provide a, a solid solution for those vehicles. I know probably somebody will come across this podcast five or seven years from now, and they're going to have their their Cummins you know, turbo diesel or their Power Stroke or Duramax they tow their trailer with. They're going to have this electric SUV that, you know, they might drive around town or something. And you know, we both know people are brand loyal. And the guys, you know, Wolverine ran Amsoil, you know, engine oil in his diesel truck. And he's like, well, I want to run that in my, in my, uh, you know, transmission in my EV or something like that. So we'll definitely have to revisit that in the future. But I was, I was really curious kind of how they, how they compared and, you know, the, the future, what's coming around. Um, we'll have, we'll have solutions for them when we get there. Um, we're just, we're kind of laying in the weeds right now, letting some of that EV action settle out, yeah. see what its growth rate really comes to, and then see where we can, come forward and provide products to shine you know Amsoil is not a me too company we we don't just make a product that competes with every other fluid that's out there we provide a performance advantage um so we need to discover what that performance advantage can be in these vehicles and then bring it forward to commercialize well i appreciate you chatting with me today and talking about a subject that it's not it's not as glamorous as engine oil debates and some of the other topics that are out there in the truck world, but it is, it's really important. And the, I, I loved what you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast about how we're asking these cooling systems to do more probably now than we ever did on a diesel truck and the kind of load that they bear and being able to make sure you protect it. Because I know it's not cheap to fix any of those things. If you have issues with the heads warping, or, you know, something in the engine block um, or, you know, something, you know, catastrophic. I think I had a listener message me and his radiator like cracked or something um, while he was driving and he pulled over and it's just like those temperatures get too hot too quick. It's very expensive uh, depending what got overheated. So um, it's always great to chat with you, learn more. And, and I like seeing how you guys approach the maintenance and the service and keeping these trucks on the road and, and streamlining it, not just with the coolant, but also engine oil, transmission fluid, differential fluid, and other products that you guys have to, to help truck owners and, and shop owners out there. Right. Cooling systems, a lot, the other lifeblood of the engine. If you're not taking care of it, you're at a, you're putting your vehicle out of the service. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kiausa.com. Use code diesel20, save 20% off. We really appreciate the crew over there offering this exclusive discount code just for you guys. So if you're in the market for a knife, some gear, they've got a ton of different choices and can really meet any budget that's out there. Also want to give a shout out to a couple of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23Diesel, also Caleb. We appreciate all of our Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the podcast apps out there. We uh, we do this podcast for you guys. Love to bring you the content that you want and love seeing what you guys are working on. So if you're not on our Discord, make sure and head on over. We're up to, I think, 630 uh, diesel enthusiasts there. Love seeing the builds, the things you guys are working on with Cummins, Duramax, Powerstroke, even VW, Mercedes diesels, tons of different things. So it's a cool place for us to all be able to hang out, chat, talk about trucks. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.